Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. God has been so good to each and every one of us. God has done the impossible. He has saved our souls. He's given us another chance. It's been said, and we've been uh, talked about a little bit, that this is a lifetime, once in a lifetime opportunity to make it into heaven. You don't get a second chance. You don't get another another do-over. Sometimes we have uh, things happen in our life and people say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, but a lot of times you can get that again. You can get that same opportunity, but to make it into heaven is a once in a lifetime. We have many days, we have many years. Some of us, some of us have fewer years, but we all have only one life to get it right. Only once, because once Jesus calls our names, there's no such thing as doing it over. It's, it's that is it. That's it. all that it's going to be. It's either going to be an eternity with Jesus or an eternity with the devil. But we don't have another chance to do it. Today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be reading in Corinthians about how we're supposed to be living for God and looking forward for the day that Jesus returns. Now, if your heart's not right with God and you're not living a godly life, the Bible says, why are you looking for Jesus to return? Because that is a dreadful day. That is a very horrible day if your heart is not right with God. If you are not in tune with God, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to forgive people like he came the first time. He came the first time to forgive people, to give us a chance and a way to the tree of life. But this time when he comes back, he's not coming back for forgiveness. He's coming back for revenge against those that do not serve God. So if we're not ready, the second coming is a very terrible day. But if you are ready and your lives are hit with Christ, we can look forward for that day when Jesus returns to take us home to be with him forever. We can be excited. We can look for it. And the Bible even tells us to eagerly wait for Jesus to call our names when it is time to go live with him forever and ever and ever. We're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians. I'll read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 through 9. Then we're going to 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12, Luke 5, 20 through 24, Luke 20, 20 through 23, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 14, and Titus 2, 11 through 15. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for your many blessings. Thank you for your mighty outstretched hand. Thank you for being so good to us, my God. 
Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. Lord, let this seed be planted upon good ground. Talk to your children today, my God. Let us understand what the Spirit is saying unto the church, my God. Let us understand what you are trying to tell us, my God. And let us eat of this bread of life. And let us bring forth fruit even a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Selskiah, our brother, unto the church of God, which is in Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf, for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you to the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom ye were called, unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word sanctified means to be made holy, purified, and consecrated mentally. See, we are in this world and we are with people. We go to the same job as people. We go to the same stores as the world does. God did not separate us from the world physically. Otherwise, he would have had to take us out of the world. But he separated us mentally, which means that we don't think like the world thinks. We don't act like the world acts. We act like we are children of the Most High God. The way you think is the way you live. So if you can remember that you are called and chosen, that you are a royal priesthood, you will begin to live like you are a royal priesthood. You're not just a nobody. You are somebody that God sent his son for because he loves us that much that he gave us a chance to be with him throughout eternity. We are not just a somebody. We are one of God's children. We are the church that Jesus is coming back for. We are his chosen generation that he has set apart for himself. He loves us. He cares for us. He sent his son for us. There's nothing else greater that God created more than that he loves more than us. We are what God loves. We are what he watched his own son get beat and crucified because he loves us. People can run around and say, well, why are bad things happening if God loves us so much? The reason bad things happen is because we left God, not because God left us, because we decided not to serve a living and a caring God. He didn't take away our free will to love him. We have the opportunity to love God or not to love him. But he loved us so much that he sent his son. And he prepared a place. Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Hell was not created for you and I. 
Hell was created for the devil and his angels, but the Bible says that hell has enlarged itself for its guests because we choose to go there. Not because God wanted us to go there. He didn't. He said, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants all of his creation to live with him. He has sanctified us. He has set us apart. He has made us. He has washed us. He has cleaned us. He has given us a chance to eat of the tree of life. He has given us an opportunity to be with him forever. We're going to 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two said he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that cometh fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are brought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. You know, I've heard it say that, you know, the body is just a body. We have to serve the Lord and, and he knows our hearts. Well, that is correct. God does know our hearts, but our bodies belong to God too. We are bought with a price. We are bought with the own blood of Jesus Christ. We are bought with. So we need to serve God with our body, with our mind, with our soul, with our strength. We, everything that we have, we need to serve God with. We are not just here to give God some days and not give God some days. We are here to serve him with everything that we have because at the end of the day, we get to be with him with everything that he has. He has given us everything. We need to give him everything. He laid down his life for us. We need to lay down our life for him. We have to. And it's well worth it. The Bible said that our light afflictions are not to be compared to what God has in store for us. He said, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the good things that God has prepared for us. Amen. He has something so amazing and prepared for us that we can't even fathom it. It won't even, if God told us a little bit more than what is in Revelations, we probably would just be like a computer and freeze of how much good things God has for us. We couldn't handle it in this little fleshy body. So the devil tries to make our problems look so big and so many obstacles and he throws them in our way because, see, he knows what God has prepared for us. He used to be up there with God. He used to be sitting next to God. He was the chief angel until he, iniquity was found in him and he got kicked out. And now he don't have a chance to go back, but we have a chance to go. And he knows that. So he tries to make it so hard if you think about it every single time you're getting ready to go to church or you're getting ready to go praise God, things will just happen. I can't because this came up or I can't do that because this came up. The devil, he don't miss a beat. He'll make sure that he can, if he can, he'll stop you. 
He will do whatever he can. We have to know that there is nothing more important than giving our life to God. There is more, nothing more important in this world than to live every moment like it's our last moment. Because we're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised the rest of today. So we need to make sure that every moment we live, we need to act like Jesus is watching because he is watching. And if he was to say, okay, this is the day that I'm going to call you, we need to be ready. Look, Lord, I am ready. Thank you for saving my soul, knowing that we lived a life the best we could. Not that we're goody two-shoes, but that we trust in Jesus and we live our life as best as we can for God. That's how we need to live every single moment. We're going to 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12. But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Fill your people that ye shall shew forth the praises of him who have called out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversations honest amongst the Gentiles, where that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. See, we're supposed to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable to God, that when people do talk bad about us, and they try to put us down and they try to say that we're doing wrong and we're evil and we're, we don't love God and we're not doing the right thing. By the time they get done, our love and our strength in God is supposed to be so strong till they cannot get us down. And when they see that they can't put us down, they will begin to glorify God that there is a God in Israel. We're not supposed to be that easily persuaded to turn away from God. We're supposed to be able to pull people out of the fire, not be pulled into the fire. We're supposed to pull people up, not let them pull us down. We're supposed to encourage people, not be so easily discouraged. So we need to live a life, and we can live that life as long as we stay in tune with God. The Bible says, he that lives by the Spirit is one in the Spirit with God. We need to be one with God. We need to, and Jesus prayed, Father, make them one even as we are one. We are well loved. We are highly favored. We are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people set apart for God. When I was reading this, it began to make me more and more excited because we see people, we see rich people, we see poor people, we see healthy, we see sick, we see all kind of people throughout our life. But if we think about it, we all have one chance to be with God. And all of this sickness, all this pain, all this sorrows, every tear that we cry will be wiped away. All the suffering that we go through will be gone. It will be an eternity of nothing but joy and gladness. All we got to do is hold on to Jesus. That's all we got to do. And he already made it possible. When we were yet in our sins, God sent his son before it was too late because he loves us that much back in the day in the bible times somebody would do something wrong and they would immediately drop dead but god loves us so much he sent his son so that we won't just immediately drop dead amen now we have a chance we make mistakes and god picks us back up we slip and god stands us back up again he doesn't immediately kill us anymore 
the guy the named Uz, he was doing the right thing the wrong way when the oxen stumbled and the Ark of the Covenant shook and he reached out his hand and he grabbed hold of the Ark so that it wouldn't fall and God killed him because he wasn't supposed to touch it. Doing good the wrong way. And then when the two sons, they offered strange fire, the Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine they got so excited because they seen the glory of the Lord and they just offered fire. They weren't paying attention to what kind of fire they were offering. And because it was strange fire, God killed them on the spot right there. But God didn't want to keep killing us. He killed, he wiped out the entire world with the flood, but he didn't want to do that. So he sent his son to give us a chance. And now we make mistakes and we have a father that just forgives us again. We have a mediator between God and man that continually is mediating for us. Why wouldn't we serve him and praise him and give him thanks when every single day he's mediating for us? I died for those people. I died for those children. Give them another chance. Give them another time. Forget what they just did. I already paid that price. That does not go to say that we could sin and just do anything we want. We can't. But it goes to say that if we slip, Jesus is right there to mediate for us. If we stumble, he's right there to mediate for us. And then we can look for his return. We're going to Luke 5, 20-24. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up the that wherein he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. See that that verse goes with verse 5 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says that in everything ye be enriched by him in all utterance, and in all knowledge. Utterance means something said, the thoughts, the reason, and the motive behind why somebody says what they say. See, when we are in tune with God and we're living for God, he will enrich us in all utterance, which means when people talk bad about us, we will know the motive behind it. Instead of getting mad at the person, we will begin to pray for them, knowing that it's not just people, it is the devil that is trying to get us down. When people say something so positive, but they have a negative reason why they're saying it, the Lord will begin to let us understand what's going on. When people try to praise us and lift us up, but really they're trying to mock us, God will let us know the difference. When they come and they ask us Bible questions just to mock, God will let us know. What did they tell Jesus? They tempted him so many times. Oh, this woman had a, or guy had a wife, and he didn't, he died with no children. And the second one and the third one, when she gets to heaven, who will have her? They were just trying to tempt Jesus. They weren't trying to say anything and really get some knowledge. 
But the Bible says that he will enrich you in all utterance. You will not only be able to speak to somebody, but you will also understand what they're saying to you. You will be able to read past the vocabulary that's coming out and find and learn the thoughts of why they're saying what they're saying. We're going to Luke 20, 20 to 23. And they watched him and sent forth spies who should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words, that they might deliver him under the power and authority of the governor. And they asked him, saying, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly, neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God truly. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? But he perceived their craftiness and said unto them, Why tempt me? See, they were disguised themselves like they were just men, like they were holy. And there comes a time in people's life when you're walking with God and people will do that to you too. They will act like they're your friend. They will act like they're your, your best buddy and they will stab you in the back. But when you are in tune with Jesus, you will be able to know what's going on. He heard their thoughts. He knew the motive behind what they were saying. He knew that they were tempting him. They weren't asking something legit. And so when the devil tries to do that to you, you will be enriched in all utterance to know the same thing. The closer you get with Jesus, the more you will know what he knows. Because the mind of Christ will be in you. The Bible says, let the mind of Christ, let the mind that is also in Christ be in you. So you will begin to think like Jesus. You will begin to act like Jesus. You will begin to listen like Jesus. And then when people start talking about you or whatever they want to say, you will know the motive behind what's going on. And you won't be discouraged. You won't be disappointed. You will be able to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You will be able to rejoice when people speak bad about you. The Bible says, woe unto you when everybody speaks good about you. When everybody says, oh yeah, he's a good person and then nobody has nothing bad to say about you, you need to check yourself. You need to think. The Bible says, woe unto that man. But when people start hating you for a good reason because you're serving God, then you need to count that joy. You need to be happy about that. We're going to 2 Peter 3. 8 through 14. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but it is long-suffering to usward, not willing that it should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. See, the Bible says that we need to be waiting. 
for the return of Jesus. And not only the return of Jesus, but when he decides to call you home. Because some of us won't be here when Jesus gets back. Some of us will. We never know. He could come back tomorrow. We have no idea when he's coming back. Jesus don't even know when he's coming back. That's all up to God to say when he's sending his son back. But we have to be ready every day because we have no idea. And it's coming like a thief in the night, unexpected. But when you are living with God and you are walking with God, you don't have that to worry about. Because whether he comes at the cock crowing of the day or when he comes at midnight or no matter when he calls your name home, you'll be right and ready to go because you have lived a life with Jesus. You have lived a life as best as you could and it doesn't matter when he calls you, you'll be ready to go. We don't want to be like those ten virgins and only five of them were, five of them were wise. We don't want to just barely do enough. We want to have extra oil and extra and ready and our lamps trimmed and burning bright that when he does call us, we're not lacking anything. We're ready to go. Here am I. We're going to Titus 2, 11 through 15. For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that in our ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. That word despise, let no man despise you, means don't let nobody get to you. No matter how bad they put you down, don't, don't take it to heart in a negative way. Don't let them cause you to stop running for Christ. Don't let anybody despise you. Don't let anybody cause you to stumble. Hold fast to that which you have. Run for Jesus because at the end of the day, the Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promise. He made a promise to deliver us. He made a promise to take us to heaven. He made a promise to wipe all the tears from our eyes. And yet we are still crying and he has not fulfilled that promise yet. But it's not because he's been slack. It's because he's long suffering. So he's giving everybody a chance to repent and come to him. So though our tears may run down our face now, it doesn't mean let go because God doesn't forget. And he's just giving everybody a chance. We see all this chaos and all these bad things happening. God's not slack. He's giving people space to repent. But at the end of the day, when he finds and he separates his army from the army of Satan, and there is no more time for somebody to turn around, that's when it's enough is enough. But until that day, hold on. No matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you face, keep in mind that your Redeemer is watching and that any moment he can call you home. Live a life that is pleasing and acceptable unto God every single day. Every moment is a blessing. Every moment that we breathe a breath, it is a blessing. Amen. Let's not waste it. Let's not waste our life because it would be so sad that after all we went through to stand before God and not make it in. And now you got an eternity of hell that you cannot get out of. 
the people before Jesus came, they had that chance. They went to hell and they had a chance because Jesus went to hell and preached. So they had a chance to get out. Some still did, but they had the chance. But now we don't have that chance. He's not going to hell to preach the second time. He only did that once. And so now everybody that dies today, that is your eternity, heaven or hell. You don't get another chance. Let us live our lives the best we can, giving glory and honor and thanks to God. And the word hasty means to study, to urge on, and to wait eagerly. We wait eagerly for Jesus to call our names home. We wait and we are patiently waiting for him to call us home. I want to see that mansion. In my father's house are many mansions. And I'm longing to see what it looks like. If all this stuff out here that God created, there's pictures that can take your breath away of God's creation down here. I wonder what it looks like in the new one. Because there are some spots in this world that you're just like, wow. Of God's landscape. What do you think the new world looks like? We ought to even know. I got to see them. I'm anxious to go find out. Anyway, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I'm going to open the altar. If anyone needs prayer, come up. God is so amazing. I am waiting for that day. Oh, by the way, I do have another testimony. I was so sick yesterday. I don't know what happened. It just hit me all of a sudden like a matchup. And I asked for prayer, but God woke me up just this fine today. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. In my heart, Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. In my heart, in my heart, Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. Lord, I want to walk like Jesus in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to walk like Jesus in my heart. In my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to walk like Jesus in my heart. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I want to live like Jesus. Thank you, my Father, for opening up a way for us, my God, and making a way for us to eat in the tree of life. to live like Jesus in my
wonderful, mighty name. And my Lord, Lord I walk on to talk my like Jesus in my heart. Teach him how to listen to you, Lord. Teach him how to listen to you, Lord. No matter how you talk to him, no matter who you talk to, my God. Bless him to discern right from wrong. Bless him to know, my Make a way for them to be able to come, my God. Make a way. 
problem. My God, solve every family problem. Be in the midst of our families, my God. In the name of Jesus, my Father, remember the leaders of the churches. Remember the leaders of this world. God 
that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you in mind.